we go. This yeah. is it. This is episode 406 of No Laugh Track Podcast here at Acme Com- Comedy Company in Minneapolis. I am Justin Severson, a lucky guy who gets to host this thing each week. And uh, I love every week, but I uh, get very excited when I get to meet someone for the first time. Someone who, as I'm doing my research of Josh Johnson. How are you doing, Josh? Uh, I have never... Well. I've never seen, I don't, I don't know if I've seen so much, how do I say it, excitement about people being fans of yours. When oh, I, really? all, your videos, like on YouTube, mm. I re- you read the comments and it's like, every time I see Josh's name, I hit play. Oh, that's kind. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's uh, nice of them. Yeah, you're, uh, we're going to get to it, but you're, I think you're one of the first persons on this show in eight years, 406 episodes, that has had a video that has 10 million views. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty unique to you. I okay, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I try to stay off of uh, YouTube uh, of any of my videos and the comments and stuff because I, I, I have heard that people are very nice, but I'm also too brittle of a person to take the negativity, <laughs> you know physically I mean? and mentally. Yeah. So, so basically, there was one time uh, years ago where I looked at the comments under what about videos and it was like i had to start growing out my hair and stuff yeah. like it's all under the beanie now but yeah. like it really been picked out and uh someone said that i looked like a single mom and it had a thousand likes and i was like maybe maybe i will kill myself you know what i mean like <laughs> it was it was like it was honestly from the thumbnail they didn't look wrong like i was clean shaven yeah yeah and i was like <laughs> it was, oh, it was devastating. <laughs> it's like, what an accurate roast. <laughs> what if they would have said, he looks like a strong single mom? Mm, that that may have even been worse. Because now, now I'm missing, missing out on castings, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's, oh. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, I'm glad you're here today. It's great to meet you. And uh, I want to know about your history here in Minnesota. Have you been... Have you performed in Minnesota before? I don't think you've been to Acme. Is that correct? I definitely haven't been to Acme. Okay. And I think that if I've been to Minneapolis at all, it was a one-night quick uh, drop-by when I was opening for Trevor. Yeah. But I don't remember if it – I think it, it would have been at the Target Center because he sells ridiculous amount of tickets – but yeah, I, I I have not been here like of my own accord to do a show that I was headlining ever sure. before. And uh, if I remember correctly, I didn't like get to spend time. It's like we just came and did the show and had to leave right away. Sure, so. I bet that's got to be yeah. I mean, what would even stand out in a when you're doing an arena? So those shows we normally in arenas, right? Yeah, yeah. And they kind of like put a drape, maybe like cut them off in half, so there's. 25,000, 20,000, 10,000. How many people are you getting in for those shows? I mean, yeah, anywhere from the smaller ones, yeah. like the really small ones are, I guess, like five. Yeah, five. And then all the way up to, like, I guess 17. Damn. Yeah. But, like, it's, it's yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's performing in an arena is like the nightmare of what stand-up is. Because it's the people are so far away and it's so dark that you're just doing your jokes into the abyss yeah. and hoping you get laughs back. So then it's like if anything ever bombs, you're just like, 
oh, this is exactly the only difference is that I'm not naked. But like, <laughs> but even that was like, like is like symbolism com- for what this would be, you know. So <laughs> right. it, that that tour is absolutely amazing, and um, the chance to perform in front of that many people at a time and see that my jokes worked in front of that many people is something that no matter what happens from here on out, I'll have that in my head to know that when I write a joke that works, it works yeah. everywhere. Cause like, you know, during the week I'm doing that joke at the cellar and then on the weekend was doing it opening for Trevor. So it's like, oh, okay. I, it now at this point it's about access. It's not necessarily about just building up the skill set. Like, of course I'm still trying to get better and I'm trying to like bring more skills in to make the overall experience better for people when they come to see me. But that was, that flipped flipped a switch for me that I am very grateful for because now I know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's always there's also the thing. Um, did you ever before you ever did something like that? Did it cross your mind where you know I've gone to a big like a, a not necessarily arena, but big like theater shows for mm-hmm. comedy or mm-hmm. big arena shows for music, mm-hmm. and then there's the open like whatever the opening act is. Like people didn't go to see that act yeah yeah, yeah right? no they don't know i'm coming <laughs> so, they, so you're battling that too yeah i mean but that's the thing though is that uh, you know when you have great fans the way that he does they're comedy fans so it's not i didn't have to like fight my way for them to like me yeah. they came for a show and then they happened to like what i was doing afterwards and then even now some of the people that come up to me in other respects are like i first saw you opening for trevor and so it's like they not only accepted, but then became like, you know, a fan of me in that in that small amount of time. Nice. Which is, you know, I'm so grateful for because that's that's a lot to ask of a person. Hell yeah. You know, they did. They did know. <laughs> no one knows I'm showing up. You know what I mean? Bryce. Uh, but still, just the way that he has been able to cultivate a fan base that just enjoys comedy uh is 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 incredible now since we're talking about uh working with trevor noah he just hosted the grammys Mm -hmm. did you help with that at all no no not the grammys no 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 that was that was uh all him oh i did not yeah i was i was not doing grammy stuff i'm like i'm also still trying to like figure out certain projects for for myself and stuff i'm like i'm like all over the place right now i'm like i'm like trying to write a bunch of different things at once and stuff uh things that are pitched to you or things you're just coming up with no things that i'm just coming up oh, with okay yeah yeah i, I <laughs> not quite at the level yet that people are like well we need you to uh finish our screenplay you well know, like, <laughs> i i don't i mean I, okay but i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if you said that that was happening i mean either. that's very kind i i hope it will be happening soon yeah but yeah yeah just trying to stay busy in every respect i mean especially after the year that we had it's like what do you mean you know what year what this it's i don't know if you had the same year i had but i was in the present at the time and it was terrible yeah 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 uh last week would have been the one year anniversary of like last last week was the we did a show and then podcast and then didn't do one for two months oh wow because of everything you know shut oh jeez. Yeah. yeah oh my uh-huh. gosh and just looking back like it seems like an eternity ago, and it also seems like a week ago. Yeah, that tends to happen when yeah. you've been in one place the whole time. Yeah. Well, you know, where you're like, all right, I, I think that it's been a week, but I haven't left Yeah, in maybe a week. 
So maybe it's been a month. It could have been a day, but I think I've eaten too many times for it to be a day. Like that that's I started losing track horribly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like uh-huh. I always I thought obviously so many people thought the lockdown would be a two week thing. And then when it got longer yeah. by by it was amazing how by May people <laughs> people were just like completely off the rails. Like I know I was. Like by May I was lucky if I remembered to like change socks in yeah. in a few days uh-huh. you know and it's like why why do i need to do all these things to keep up appearances if i'm not leaving it's like well they keep you sane like that like that was everyone that was in lockdown went through like a straight up nursing home experience like i'm i'm surprised that like more people in their 20s didn't come out of it with dementia or something right. it's like, well <laughs> we don't know yet yeah i guess <laughs> that, we don't know that might be happening yeah but it's like <laughs> it's like you you let yourself cuz i i started taking up hobbies just to keep my mind sharp and stuff and how did those how did those go? They terrible. It was like like I wasn't good at any of them. Like I like so one of them was easy. I started reading comic books again, got really into graphic novels again and all the stuff that that I I go through spurts with some of my hobbies, so I'll be really into it and then like 4 years pass, I don't do anything with it, but then when I revisit it, now there's this wealth of stuff. Yeah. Now I can just pick all the good stuff. But then Actual skills, like I, so I, I bought some uh, nunchucks and I really hurt myself. Like, like, and and it's one of those things. It's already one of the dumbest weapons ever invented. It's just a broken stick. Yeah, yeah, you know I mean, it's just a broken stick that you're swinging and hoping it goes where you want it to go. Yeah, it, it was it was put together with leftovers. Yeah, yeah. So now, like in in a scenario where I needed to use them, I am beating myself as much as I'm beating the other person, and. I bought the foam ones at first. That's what I was picturing. Because I was like, Good. all right, let me let me start yep. slow, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the foam ones broke immediately. Like, they broke the next day. Yeah. Just too cheap. It was okay. terrible. And so now all I have left are the wooden ones. So now it's like I got to get good quick or else I'm going to knock myself out. Like, it was, it, was really, it was really bad. And now we, of course, we did the pandemic thing and got a puppy. So now I don't practice at all. So now I'm worse than when I started. You rescued a puppy from somewhere. You know, every pet is a rescue, if you think about it. It's like every pet that was not living in a house has now been rescued to the life of living in a house. Yeah, right. You know? Like, even if even if you had a, a dog genetically engineered to be made, like, you just wanted a Great Dane Chihuahua that was just huge but skinny. <laughs> Even if you went through all that trouble, once you bring it through the threshold of the apartment or the house, it's a rescue because it gets to live kind of better than a person. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. I wish someone would rescue me the way that any dog <laughs> from a pet store has been rescued. Oh, you know? tell me. I've been, yeah. For the, most of my adult life, I've been searching for that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, because then it, I've watched people uh, that have just... I don't even know if I believe half the backstories because it's like, how do you know? Like, so then you get you. So you'll get a rescue dog from a place that does rescues. Right. Yep, yep. And they'll tell you the story of this dog. And I'm like, someone wrote this. There's no way that you know that this like this <laughs> this dog was a child soldier for two months. And it, and it right. had to it had to shoot its cousin. It's like. 
But then were you there? This dog had to make some tough decisions. Yeah, it's like, were you there? Did you watch all this happen and you just let it happen until you could bring him back to America? Like, how are you? Because there would be some stories that were taking place. And some of them were kind of just in the first person. I'm like, did the dog tell you? Because otherwise, you're just like, listen, this dog was on the streets of Puerto Rico, which couldn't have been good. So we brought him here. Yeah, that's a more believable story than like. You know, and 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 he was on a walk one day with his mom and all of his brothers when uh, when a truck drove by and ran over all of them except him, and then backed up on all of them except him, and then drove <laughs> off again on all of them except him. Except and it's like, him. how how would you know that? So we named him Lucky. Yeah, so we named him Lucky, and uh, we don't take him outside because that's where the cars are. <laughs> like, it's also the level of like. Like, I don't think people respect the impact they have on animals, even when they're trying to be sensitive. You know what I mean? Because, like, like, it's like when you see a fat dog. A fat dog is a human's fault. Yeah. They love to run. (laughs) They literally love to burn calories. Uh So if your dog, like has the problems of someone that lives in a basement and only eats Cheetos. That was you. Mm-hmm. Like you you they need to be rescued from you now. Both have a spot worn out on the couch probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or <laughs> like I don't know. I think that some people are I understand that dogs feel anxiety and and all the other stuff, but I think some people are so sensitive to those things they're doing more harm than good, yeah. you know? So just... will you be celebrating your dog's birthday? Yeah, but you know what we'll do? It'll it'll just be uh, some extra treats and like a stick because he doesn't care about things. Like <laughs> like like I, I've been. I went to a dog's birthday party one time. No, you didn't. Which yeah, it was just an excuse for this person to drink. It was oh, like yeah. we it know, was. I like, know those people. Yeah, it was like the dog. The dog doesn't. No one's even paying attention to the dog. The dog just got one of those. Uh, you know, like I don't, I don't the know. The dog's been sober for two years. Yeah, it's like it, they 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 do these like doggy cakes or whatever, like these doggy. Oh, and it's made the, out of their treats. And stuff, yeah, it's like right? made out of doggy yeah. treats, and yep. they, so yeah, she got him one of those, and then you know he was. Tearing and then you can't away even have it. any. I can't. Not only can I not have any of the cake, I don't drink. So now I'm just standing there while a dog is getting fat and other people are getting drunk. <laughs> And it's just it was it was one of the worst birthday parties I've ever been to. And how does she even know? She like she got the dog when it was three. So I guess she just made a date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the other reason dog birthdays don't make a ton of sense because it's like you're just picking. You're yep. either oh, picking yeah. when you brought them home or when you think maybe, but yeah. nobody knows. Well, they think she's probably three years. Yeah. That's who you usually hear. Yeah. They, they say she's probably. Yeah. I'm sure. And sure. it's like, who is they? A vet? Because if it's not a vet, I don't care. It's like, that's just a person making up yeah. stuff. No, it's the person that found her wandering the streets of Florida. Yeah. yeah it's here. like, hey, we, <laughs> we, we had to bring her here. She's three. It's very, <laughs> it's very sad. Also, there's a bunch of rules that come with this dog, by the way. Right. That was the other thing. It's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to. Like gremlins. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to go the trouble of getting a dog. And then have extra rules on top of the rules. I'm already going to try a set of, like, don't rip my fingers off, like, all the other stuff. Don't chew my shoes. And then to still pass that, not be sure if it loves me. Right. Because that's the other thing. Is like, sometimes when a dog's been through a lot of trauma, to expect it to act like just another regular dog is unreasonable. Right. So it's like, you got to do all this training. Then you got to do the training for polite society so it doesn't, like, bite other dogs. And then you have to uh, hope that it loves you. Yeah. 
it's like that that's a lot i'm in a pandemic i'm not like in it indefinitely so a kid is next no i'm kidding uh <laughs> what uh how was last night we should talk about that your first night at acme how yeah was last night last night was amazing yeah it was so much fun it i was... know that last night and tonight are we've been full yeah last night was full tonight gonna be full no more seats available yeah so i'm i'm super excited about tonight last night was it, it was also one of those things where the the audience was so good that I feel like it made me extra attentive at being present. Because sometimes, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you go to a show and it's like a fight, you know? So it's like you feel like you have to battle to then get their attention, keep their attention, make them laugh, keep them laughing. Sure. And none of that was, like, the crowd was just, like, ready. They were amped and then... Uh, the 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 host and feature destroyed like just killed in a in a way that kind of made me feel uncomfortable. I was a little I was a little like ah right, guys all right jeez okay just give it give me a second my first night fellas it's like it's my first night do you really have to like I don't it sounded like standing ovations I I don't know because I was behind the thing but I was like oh god are they standing up like it was. They were they were destroyed. I didn't and get so. a chance to see a lot of times I come to the shows or, or watch on the you know online or something. It was Robert Burrill was working last night, right? Yeah, and James Stanley. Nice. Yeah, yeah, but oh, they were cool. they were so great. Yeah, they were fun to talk to. They were amazing to listen to. Uh, I'm gonna try to sneak around and actually like watch them, like watch them go because I was just behind. the oh, yeah. curtain listening. Yeah, you gotta uh, do that. But they were so funny, and uh, I just couldn't. It was it was one of the I couldn't imagine a better way to like come back on the road than that show. Yeah. Because not only was it going well, people were happy to be here. They were like excited. And then like the jokes were like landing in a way that I felt good, you know, even riffing past what I'd written, you know, all that stuff. It was like like the the energy opened up for more spontaneity from me as well. Nice. So that's always great. So where are like how much have you been working? Uh I've been I've been working a lot actually, just not obviously in the full road capacity. Yeah. So yeah, lots of Zoom shows, lots of uh outdoor shows in New York, even through some of the cold, which Felt like a mistake. Yeah, I mean, like, like there was there Tell, was some. What was cold? How cold? Oh God! Like I was, uh, I've been curious about that. Like, like, you know, forties, fifties, ah, twenty six. Really? Yeah, like just brutal, brutal weather to the point where like really? I'm on stage, like there's no way we're having fun. Like I'm just, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like arms crossed, trying to stay warm, just do my bit. Like I got a new computer. Like, like that was it was terrible. But I think that what it did was it it kept me mentally active to the point where yes i'm working on a joke this joke has to now do well past all the elements and then hopefully when i go on the road and do it in you know prime conditions it does really well which is what happened last night like last night felt like um it felt like vindicating for all of the like terrible circumstances around shows because i'll tell you right now in new york a lot of people doing outdoor shows run good shows but you can't you can't run a good show past the cold (laughs) yeah yeah so it's like as as spring hits and summer hits those are going to be some of the best shows in new york but you know things are opening up more as well too right things are opening up more but i think that there's a i don't know what it what the uh scene is like in minneapolis but like 
what opened up in New York was this opportunity of using outdoor shows in a way that just hadn't been before. Because you could just go to the cellar, go to the stand, go to New York Comedy Club, yeah. go to Caroline's, whatever. And so people were so focused on those places at all times that they didn't really try to do any DIY rooftop patio sure. backyard. And when the pandemic made that your main option, now the people who run those shows are going to run those shows coinciding with all the brilliant yeah. shows that are going on indoors. So I think there's going to be a real boom nice. when things come back. Even better chances to, to perform. I watched a clip of yours. I think it was a, uh, Comedy Central had their stamp on it. It was outside. You oh, could, yeah, yeah. You could hear crickets. When yeah. in the in the dead parts, yeah, that's, like you're you know you're you're uh, revving up another joke. Yeah, it's, it's like, it, what dude, the fuck? It's this like is not ideal. Yeah, it, it's like <laughs> it's so wild because that that show was so fun and and went so well, but you just can't make up for what being outside is. Yeah, you know, like the crowd was great, like. The comics on it were really, were really, really funny and getting great reactions. But you can't make up for the ceiling being the clouds. Right. Like, it's right. like, you know, that's that's a thing that I still think people are going to keep doing as far as outdoor tapings as well. Because I think that as we learn more, like you have to you have to keep in mind that all of this stuff was the first time anyone was trying to do any oh, yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. So we're only going to get better at it. And so the next time you see potentially a taping that's outdoors, so many more things are going to be uh, uh, enhanced yep. in the way that how could you know your first time? You know, it's like even my energy when I was doing that set, I was like in my head, should I be bigger? Cause I'm outside. And I need to like, keep their attention from all the distractions yeah. like a plane passes over like i want to keep them focused on me and everything so there, there there was stuff like that if you want to practice uh i think acme could turn the you know air conditioning on here we can get a nice yeah, cold yeah i mean i feel like i've been through so much <laughs> this past year that acme just doing what they do is is literally like heaven like it's like it's they don't have to do anything extra just keep being you <laughs> and just let me show up and it's honestly the best shows i've had in months i saw that you did something that uh pete lee did recorded here mm-hmm. a month or so ago and mm-hmm. then his set was played on the tonight show yeah and yeah. you did something similar right yeah yeah recorded someplace else and then they played it on the tonight show back yeah in, was it november something like that yeah. i think yeah i think it either aired at the in november or december or something like that so where but so yeah where did you record yours uh draft house okay yeah and it was and you know the thing about that Even so, the same thing I was saying about outdoor shows versus indoor established uh, venues and stuff is that I think that even with late night, the the pandemic pressured. They pressured uh, shows to do things in a different way that was just as good, if not better than, you know, the the way that they were already doing them. So now all of those shows that did that have options. They can either have someone fly in, do it for the crowd, whatever, or they could just have someone do a great set, send it in, play it for the live audience, and then air it on as part of the show. There's no reason why it shouldn't keep going. It it was one of those things, too, that's so funny because it's like you work so hard to get a good tape to submit that it just felt like such a – I mean, that was a, 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 you know – a brilliant move on Michael Cox's part and everything to be like, these comics already 
do everything it takes to send in a good tape. Why not just air that good tape? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Was that your first or second Tonight Show? Uh, that was my second Tonight, second show. tonight show. Yeah. So I saw, now help me, help me understand something. So there was a meme I saw mm-hmm. about, uh, it looks like it's you doing the Tonight Show. Did you bring yeah. a teacher back? Yeah, yeah. So when I did my... I think it was the first time I ever really did stand. Yeah, it was the first time I ever did stand up was my high school talent show. And then my teacher, uh, my history teacher, Mr. Ward, he taught me history, geography. And he was like the the teacher in charge of the quiz bowl. Uh, So I like I feel like every year of high school I had an interaction with him, like in some capacity. And uh, he was like super gung-ho about my set and was like i think i'm gonna see you on the tonight show one day and he was like and he even came to one of my shows in chicago after i like years after i graduate like i graduate college you know and so he's always just been so supportive and he would even like if he saw a clip of mine on facebook or whatever he'd comment under it like i'll see you on the tonight show all the stuff like that for like you know the the time that I started actually doing comedy to the time that I got in a position to do the night show. So like in my mind, it felt like a no brainer. Like clearly he has to be here. Yeah. You know what I mean, like it's like he was, he was saying he would see me on the tonight show before my mom was saying it. Right, so right, like, right. I feel like you turned it, your back on her and invited him. You I know, gotcha. it, it felt like the right thing to do, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's always just been so supportive and like, I I I wish I saw what he saw that first time that I performed because right? I I thought I was funny, but he was like, "No, you're gonna like do it." And I was like, "Wow, that's that's incredible." No, that, I, I'm 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 gonna ask this. No, are we sure he wasn't like the singers? He was like, "You're gonna win a Grammy someday." <laughs> and the writers, he's like Pulitzer. Maybe I mean I think he really believed in all of us. Uh, so I'm not saying I'm the only one he believed in. He didn't put all of his chips on me. He was very supportive of all of his students. But in this one respect, as far as I know, he's he and I had that special connection <laughs> where he's the only person that uh, was telling me I was going to be on the Tonight Show, and I think I was the only person he was telling <laughs> that. They were going to be on the Tonight Show. I'm but sure. No, yeah, yeah it, I'm, I'm sure. It's still like, you know, I still, it, it's so great to be able to share those moments because so many oh, times so cool. people are supportive of you or whatever, and then they don't get to see the thing coming to, you know, coming to life or like the dream being realized or something. You know what it reminds me of is like when they do um, the home run derby around All-Star break. Yeah. And the, and the guys participating will bring like their dad to throw the pitches yeah. or their high school coach or like or you know something like something yeah. from past. I no, just, absolutely. I love that stuff. Yeah, because it's just it's important because no one that the thing which this may sound less inspiring than <laughs> it should, but like no one has to be nice to you. So then when people go out of their way to be yeah. kind, compassionate, inspiring, all that stuff, that stuff needs to be return not because you owe them something but because it's how you cultivate more of it in the world you know like i i think that it like it choked me up knowing he was choked up on the phone when i called him to tell him like just give me your details and like we'll fly you out and you know I, i want you to be there and and that was like huge i mean if anything i because i even told him i was like yeah i was gonna 
do the Tonight Show again, and I had to film it and then send it in, or else we would have gone again. And he was like, even knowing you wanted to go again was more than enough for me. And I was like, yeah, because that that stuff is probably the most important part of comedy. To a certain degree, it's why comedians do it. It's like not just approval or feeling special or whatever, but it's like the idea that you have an impact on another person in a way that is not just like, ha-ha, this yeah. person's like interesting, funny, whatever. But someone is like, I'm inspired by the fact that you're doing so much of what you want to do. And, yeah, it felt like the least that I could do was have him there with me. Uh, New York is where The Tonight Show's done. Right? Yeah. 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 Please tell me it was also like his first time in the big city. It it was so what funny enough I I think he had been to New York before but uh we actually after the Tonight Show we went to the Flatiron Building because he wanted to go and it tried to go earlier in the day but like got himself turned around and I was like well then we're gonna go together because if you know if if we can't all get there then I don't I don't know what to say yeah, you know yeah. but it was it was nice because I don't think he had been in a very long time to new york so very it was cool. also cool to like we went out to eat afterwards and stuff and and to show him around a little bit on top of uh doing the show and yeah. stuff so i we don't have a ton of time left because we do try to keep these around a half hour i, I have because i already mentioned it there is a video that you have uh uh catfishing the kkk yeah, yeah. it has 10 over 10 million views on yeah YouTube. you know what's weird about that is that that was just like a show that I was doing and, and like had fun at everything. I never really thought about it again. And then it, when they put it on YouTube, it started like really tracking. So it's not something that I was even like, this is my most brilliant set. ever. Yeah. It was just like, you know, here's, here's this like more detailed story about a thing that happened when I was younger and I'll just do this. So it's like, it it definitely gave me a bit more confidence in like my storytelling as as opposed to just my stand up but that still is very weird to me that it that it's doing such numbers you know so it not only does that video have like i said 10 million it has reaction videos of people watching it yeah that have yeah. I, I watch one of them 68000 views yeah. the reaction video has yeah it's gosh that's wild man yeah it's, it's very like there's one a reaction video with two two like middle aged white guys. There's yeah. the one I watched was two black guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Everything, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, I'm. It's one of those things too where I try to not even think about it, or else you start chasing it, and then when you start chasing it, you start caring about things outside of like the comedy and the the overall experience. But yeah, it's been amazing to watch. What it was the what was the weird. thing that made that pop so much? Just people sharing it? I think it was just people sharing it. Because I definitely didn't... I didn't even know that it was doing well until it had, like, three million. So, like, I never really... Like, like a while passed, and I didn't really think about it again. And I just kept doing my other sets and stuff. But, yeah, when it hit, like, three million, someone was like... may even been my aunt. I think it was my aunt was like... Oh, a lot of you know, your, family. You know your, your videos got there? And I was like... What video? Because at the time, I wasn't posting anything to YouTube myself at all. Like, okay. I was just like, 
trying to focus on going up every night and just like you know, writing and everything. Yeah. And uh, and then I looked and I was like, oh yeah, it does. That's, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. You I have mean, great stuff on YouTube. So whoever's oh, in charge you, of that man. now. Oh, thank you so you're, much. You're doing a great job. I appreciate really it. Good stuff to to watch and choose from. And it's thank like you so much. You know, some of it's really fresh and keep that up. No, I appreciate. Not it. Not everybody's doing that. that yeah, that, I'm trying good, that. I I feel like that that's the that's the move though. Is mm-hmm. that if you can just if you can just really overwhelm people with a tsunami of you, then eventually you're going to catch on some people who genuinely enjoy you. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so another thing that we got to touch on is the mm-hmm. we did briefly is writing for the the Daily Show. Yeah. Correct. How long you been doing that? Um, October. I started October of 2017. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm like over three years. So how much of that? Like, uh, how often is like how often are you working? How often are you busy with that job? Yeah, I mean it's 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 uh every day I'm, you know, like Monday through Friday, you know, writing or thinking about the show or all that all that stuff, but I think that the main thing what's actually helped me what what writing jobs do for you that that cannot be replaced is that I have to write and I have to think about things in a way that is funny when I don't feel funny. So much of doing stand-up, so much of doing comedy in general, whether it's improv, sketch, all this stuff, is about feeling it because it's a it's a feeling you share with people to instill that feeling in them. Yeah. But when you have a job and it's your job to show up here and write things that are funny and stay funny and be funny, it becomes a bit more like, okay, I'm learning the cheat codes to like this plus this is funny, this minus this is funny. Yeah. All that stuff uh, becomes a tool to use when I'm feeling down or I'm not feeling particularly inspired or I don't find something as funny. Uh, and that's been, I, I can't think of a single thing that has been more important to my overall growth and process of writing stand up than that. That's been an insane turnaround. Cause now it, it especially doesn't feel like work now because now I'm learning how to, do things that aren't fully based off my feelings, you know, and and that makes it it doesn't take an emotional toll to dole out jokes or anything. Has it turned has that job turned you into any like some sort of a news junkie where you're checking things out right away in the morning at night, getting like what people are talking about? Not not necessarily and not outside of work. Like if I'm on hiatus, then I don't really even check the news that much i don't blame you (laughs) yeah and then past that it's like i don't get super amped for like some some people that i know um just in life are those people who play chess with the politics and they're like oh this happened so like from six months from now that means this is probably going to happen and they enjoy that and they have fun with like you know the postulating everything and i just that's not really my thing. Yeah. I like doing that for jokes, but not for like world events or like, you know, like, uh, like overseas. Sure. Government. I like, sure. To me, it's just not the same. Uh, and then you got nominated for an Emmy. All the writers got nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. Last yeah. Year? Yeah. 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 So that was well, cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was a show that you didn't get to attend. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, even if we had been there, would it have been the same? You know, like I feel like <laughs> I feel like it, it's it's one of those things where it meant so much to be nominated that I 
forgot that I wasn't going to get to like go to the Emmys and do the whole party and whatever. Yeah. Like it was just like, wow, this is this is really cool because it means that people saw what we were doing and they really noticed it. You yeah. Know? The Daily Show writing staff is one in the past, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Did, yeah. Did you, you guys did not win last year, or did you? No, no, no. We, Do we want to give credit to who won or shit on them? I, no. I mean. I'm kidding. It, <laughs> yeah, it, John Oliver won, and yeah, I can see it. It's like I they consistently put out amazing work, yeah. so I don't, I don't, it's not, it wasn't a surprise when it was like. John Oliver. I think that they do incredible stuff well, and they do let's, numbers. Let's you know? face it, John Oliver's sort of daily show adjacent, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a connection there. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I won through him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's how I choose to look at it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh acting, is that a thing that you that you were interested in and doing? Yeah, yeah. So I've I've done a little bit of acting, but not in a capacity that would take me away from the show right now and and take me off the road and stuff. So it's like I'm more than willing to to branch out into acting, doing features or doing TV, but it, it the timing has to be right and it and it has to be something that I'm so passionate about that I'm willing to uh give up other things. Sure. Is there I, anything Right now, you know, I that that'd be hard to say. I I don't I don't know of um not not necessarily. I I feel I feel good. I this is the other thing too is that anytime you get an offer to be in something or to do something, it's like that's like I said before. No one has to be nice to you, so that's amazing. You're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. But like. I'm so happy with where I am right now that it's it's hard to even imagine for a little while longer, even imagine shifting from that. Sure. You know? So so I it would have to be insanely dope. And there are things out there, but I I'm wait, I'm biding my time. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm waiting until I've built up a bit more. Fair enough. You know. The final thing I I have to mention, uh, mm -hmm. because I listened to like four episodes, mm -hmm. the Josh Johnson show. Oh, podcast. Yeah. yeah. You do a podcast. I do a podcast called the Josh Johnson show, which you just said, uh, which is very kind of you to mention on your show. Uh, and yeah, we do it every week. It's my buddy Logan Nielsen and I, and we tell each other stories and we talk about times that we have been on the road because we go on the road together in the best of times and everything. And so we both get a lot of stories that way. And we've both just had, I think that my, my life, at least from his perspective, he says is a cartoon and that is not wrong. Like I, I definitely strike up a lot of odd conversations and I'm just like, I'm like an odd person. Cause I was like, I was alone so much as a kid that now nothing is like, nothing is too much if that makes sense. So yeah. it's like we could meet for the first time and I, and I, I'd probably ask you something that is like not the that's like fourth time you hang out ask, you know, <laughs> so that yields a lot of things happening. Yeah. Um, plus, I think that I've been fortunate enough to make a lot of friends, either acquaintances or really good friends that tell me a lot of stories. Yeah. So, you know, I've shared some of those on the 
on the podcast and stuff. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thank yeah, you I think so I much. To the last, uh, the four most recent. Most, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, one of them, I took me. I was like, because I don't know anything about your co-host, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to you guys tell stories. And the, one of them, you guys were talking about amusement parks. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he goes, "Oh yeah, when we went to Valley Fair." I'm like, Valley Fair? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just drove past Valley Fair. That's yeah, here. Yeah. But he's not from here. No, no, he's not. He's not from here. He's from uh, Iowa. Yeah. And so he's definitely done lots of work in the Midwest and stuff um, and tours in the Midwest and everything. But, yeah, a lot of his stories will come more from the Midwest and my stories will come more from the South and New York. And then the stories that we had happen together will all be sort of Chicago. Yeah. Yep, you know. I picked up on that. Yeah, yeah good. that's where we met. But right. right on. Yeah, we the only thing we don't have are enough West Coast stories yet, but we're working on it. Yeah, there you, you know? go. Yeah. This has been fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's Continued to... success, sir. Uh, thank so you. I, I did, when we were talking earlier, we were saying yesterday, today. So if people don't know, who knows when they're going to listen to this. The fact yeah. is, is their show is Friday and Saturday night. There are tickets available. Correct, Brandon? Just a few left for Friday oh, and Saturday. You know, we're still doing the distance, uh, social distancing in the seats here at Acme because yeah. of COVID. So it's not the normal amount of seats that there would be, you know, 13 months ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so get them while there's still some available. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is this has been an incredible, incredible week going into an amazing weekend. So I'm so happy to be here. I'm so thankful that they're having me. Uh, it's It's a great time. Right on. Thanks, man. Thank you.